I know a lot of a lot of people have been praying all over the world, and we join ours in our faith. The important thing is that you pray in faith, not just crying and begging. That that doesn't accomplish it. Go to Romans the twelfth chapter, please. Romans twelve. We've been for uh, for some weeks now on the uh, series we're calling the perfect will of God. The perfect will of God. If you haven't been with us in previous previous times, the, those messages are available. Easiest, quickest way is to go online and you can just sit there and watch them, stream them, or you can download them to a device. It won't cost you anything, no charge. You can, you can download all of them, watch all of them, won't cost you anything. If you want a, uh, a disc, CD or DVD and you're in the buildings, you can go on your way out and they will give you one, no charge. Uh, discs are increasingly less popular. And so we, uh, at some point, we, we won't continue to invest in that uh, for the future because that's, that's not the future. So if you've never streamed anything or downloaded anything, check with your grandkids. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they're, they're already doing it. So little ones, it's amazing. Little ones can't even hardly talk. Can work an iPhone. <laughs> so if they can do it, we, we can do it. And it is, it's, it's convenient and, and a lot of things going there. We, we still have the disc. We're going to still produce discs for, for a while. But you can see the trend. You can see where it's going. I mean, there was a time when we made a lot of cassettes. Not anymore. Right? And there was a time when I had an eight-track player in my Mustang. Very cool. Very cool. Six by nine speakers in the back. Let me tell you some interesting information. If there had never been an eight-track player, there wouldn't have been a Learjet. Bill Lear, inventor of the Learjet, is the inventor of the 8-track. And he financed the startup of his Learjet company with the proceeds of the success of his (laughs) 8-track. So don't knock (laughs) 8-tracks. Because Learjets are cool. (laughs) In uh, Romans 12... He, well, we, we'll just read it, Romans 12 and, and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, we see in just a moment, he's going to be talking about the will of God. But this is talking about the will of God, verse 1. Uh, if it's acceptable to God, that's obviously God's will. Verse 2, be not conformed to this world. So that's not God's will. Us being conformed to the ungodly world is contrary to the will of God. 
But be, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the will of God. That you and I change. See, there, there's this, uh, the enemy is really subtle. He's really crafty, really tricky. He, he, he does not come, obviously. And uh, this push, and you'll hear it from many different ways. If you love me, you have to just accept me the way I am. You have to love me the way I am. You shouldn't accept you the way you are. What's, what's wrong with me? You want us to make a list? <laughs> well, I'm, what do you think? Do you think you have already arrived at Christ-like perfection? Well, then, honey child, you need to change. Is that right? <laughs> huh? Do you need to change? Yes. Then don't push people to accept you the way you are and all of your uh, immature, undeveloped, unperfected ways. No. No, we need to be patient with each other. We don't need to judge each other. And we don't need to try to point out each other's faults. But at the same time, don't imagine that you have arrived and don't need to grow and need to change. So, so say it out loud. I need to be, I need to be transformed. transformed. That sounds like change. Not just a little change. That's major change. Significant change. Don't be conformed to this world. That's the easiest thing. Is to just do what everybody else in the unbelieving world is doing. Then you're being swept with the current down the stream. Actually into destruction is where this goes off. But to be transformed, you're, go, you're going contrary to the ungodly world. You're going to stand out now. You're going against the current transformed by the renewing of your mind, what's the result of that? Keep reading the text. That you may, you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There are two giant errors in the church about the will of God. One is that Everything that happens is the mysterious will of God. That is a giant lie. It's a big one. It's a bad one. What do you mean? Well, you hear people all the time. The, the most horrible, terrible things happen. And people say, well, I don't know why God did that. I don't know why God took their baby from them and in that car wreck. I don't know why God, you know, took them in that tornado and, and that thing. I, I don't know why, you know. I don't know why God collapsed that building in that earthquake and killed all those kids in that hospital. And But he must have had some, some purpose, some reason. How about it wasn't the will of God? It was not 
God's will. And see, that, that bothers people. Though, well, well, God's big enough. He wouldn't let anything happen that's not his will. Not true. He allows all kinds of things that are expressly contrary to his will. How about people dying without Jesus? Is that ever the will of God? Is he letting it happen? Yeah, he's allowing it. It's not his choice. It's their choice. If he's allowing that, and that has to do with eternal things, then you obviously see he will allow things that's not his will. One of the biggest lies, I mean, and and this is preached from pulpits in churches, that somehow... Everything that happens or doesn't happen is the mysterious will of God. And that goes to the second great error is that God's will is so advanced, so mysterious and unknown, you you and I, mere mortals, cannot expect to understand it. We cannot really understand the will of God. If I can't understand the will of God, How can I be expected to do the will of God? No. These are two big lies. And if you're struggling with either one of those, don't look at me and say, well, I don't know if I agree with you, preacher. Forget about me. Put your nose in the Bible. The reason I say what I'm saying so strongly is I'm convinced from numerous scriptures in the Word of God. That there's all kind of things happening that are not the will of God. And if the will of, if everything that happens is the will of God, why do I need to get my mind renewed so I can distinguish what is the good and perfect will of God? Yes, yes. You wouldn't need any discernment or any distinguishing because if it happened, it was the will of God. If it didn't happen... It wasn't the will of God. You don't need any discernment at all. And yet Ephesians, don't turn there, but Ephesians 5, 17 says, Don't be unwise, don't become a fool, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, which means I can. Say it out loud, I can. I must find the will of God. I can understand the will of God. By his grace, grace, I can do the will of God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Psalm 143.10, I like this. Psalm 143.10 says, teach me to do thy will. For you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me. Don't you like this? How about these two things? Teach me. Lead me. Say it out loud. Teach me to do your will. Oh God, lead me in the way that's right. Hallelujah. Now, uh, Solomon, in the early days of his life and, and kingdom, when he was seeking God earnestly before he got off at the end, 
he offered more offerings than anybody on record at the dedication of the uh, temple. And you talk about, they, they spent money like it was water. I mean, they spent uh, double-digit billions, billions on the temple of God. And when they dedicated it, I mean, at one time, he offered a thousand offering sacrifices. <laughs> a thousand. Well, you don't do that if you don't believe in God. And that night, that same night, he offered that big offering. God spoke to him in a dream and said, what do you want me to do for you? Whew. Open-ended, like a blank check. You fill in the amount. What do you want? What do you want me to do for you? Glory to God. <laughs> Somebody say glory to God. And you know, First Kings three nine. You don't have to turn there, but they'll put it. First Kings three nine. He said, "Give." Your servant and understanding heart to judge your people. Now, he, he's taking the reins of uh, the leadership, being king in the f- shoes of his father, David. And so he's got a whole kingdom to rule, protect, guide. And he said, give me an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern... Between good and bad. Oh, come on. Can you hear this? For who's able to judge this uh, so great, you're so great a people. He's acknowledging, I'm not enough in myself. I'm not smart enough. I don't understand enough. I don't know enough to do this job the way it needs to be done. I need your help. And, And the scripture said that. His request pleased the Lord. It pleased the Lord. And he told him, he said, you didn't ask for the lives of your enemy. You didn't ask for a bunch of money. You didn't ask for long life. You asked for wisdom and discernment. And he said, I'm going to give it to you. This is the Keith Moore paraphrase. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you understanding. I'm going to give you discernment so that there hadn't been anybody like you up till now or after. And if you listen to me, do what I tell you, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you the money. I'm going to give you long life. Come on, can you see this? Why? Why? Because if you read Proverbs... The money and longevity comes with the wisdom. And so I doubt he realized, Solomon realized it at the time. This came later when God added to him all his understanding and wisdom. But that was the best thing he could have possibly asked for. Because you get that, you get the money. And you get the, lo- the longevity. 
And you get the, uh, the understanding and direction, the protection. You, you, all of it comes. Have you read Proverbs and what it says about wisdom and the benefits of wisdom? Now, the Word of God, the whole thing, is called the wisdom of God. And the plan of God is the wisdom of God. Wisdom involves seeing the end and the outcome. There are three big things that are talked about in Proverbs and other places. Knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. They are not the same thing. We shouldn't use the terms interchangeably. Now, it's not that hard to figure out. Somebody says, well, well, what's knowledge? Have you ever said, I didn't know that? Huh? Then you know what knowledge is. Right? You either know it or you don't. Had the Lord asked me, I was actually riding a motorcycle, I think in Montana, on a day off. You know, doing my civic duty, blowing the leaves off the road. And you need a big, powerful motorcycle to do that, and you got to go pretty fast. But one reason I like to do that sometimes is that, you know, after a while, you're not thinking anything. You're just enjoying looking at nature stuff. And a lot of times, when you get clear like that, the Lord will say something to you. And, and riding down the road on that, he, he asked me a question. He said, Keith, do you know he knows your name? He said, Keith, what's the difference between knowledge and truth? Knowledge and truth. I wanted to write it down, but I was riding a motorcycle, so I, <laughs> I, I, I pondered a little bit, and I thought a little bit, and I said, Lord, I, I don't know. I'd, help me, tell me. And I didn't get the, the full answer right then, but even later that day, he gave it to me in pieces. He gave me a piece, and then later he gave me another piece. When he said, uh, he said, just because you know something doesn't make it true. <laughs> and truth is true whether you know it or not. <laughs> it's independent of your awareness of it. And no matter how strongly you believe something, it doesn't make it true. That's what deception's about. You can believe something completely and it be untrue. Not real, not true. You've done it. We've done it. But anyway, he said, give me an understanding heart and wisdom that I may discern between good and bad. Say it out loud. Discern, Discern. Between, between good and bad. Good and bad. We, another way of saying discern is to distinguish between or differ between. Now our text said, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove See, that's some of the same thing we're talking about. Prove. What, what does it mean, prove? Proof means you test and determine the outcome of the test. Test and determine what? What is that good and acceptable and perfect or complete will of God? 
There are, to my understanding and knowledge, you can see it in the Word, three sources of will or plan or wisdom. Three sources. One is man's will. Man's plan. The will of man. Whether your own will or the will of some other human being around you. Say it out loud, man's will. The second one is the devil's will. The devil has a plan. You know, how many born again? I want to see. Raise a hand. hand. You, you know you've been born again. You have already missed the perfect will of the devil. You missed it. You missed the devil. His perfect will was to take you to hell with him. And you just missed his perfect will. How many would like to miss the rest of the devil's will or plan? Like to just miss the whole thing. Well, it don't come automatically. We have our part to play in it. And of course, thirdly is what we've been talking about, the will of God. The will of God. But why am I talking about this? We need mind renewal so we can distinguish between the will of man, the devil's will, and God's will. Because the devil... Again, he is very, very crafty. He, does, he will never come to you. Never will he come to you with horns and a pitchfork and say, I'm the devil and this is my will and I want you to do this. Never. No, that's too obvious. That's too easy. The scripture said he and his cohorts transform themselves into angels of light. Their their recurring mode of operation is to try to convince you that they are a messenger from God. To either influence you directly and, and trick you about the will of God or through other people. Through other people, same kind of thing trying to get you to do his will and, and convince you it's God's will. But there's the will of man. There's the will of the enemy, the devil. And there is the will of God. And it takes discernment. It takes uh, the grace of God and the wisdom of God to distinguish. Because the enemy, he mixes scriptures in. With his stuff. Do you remember the temptation with Jesus? I mean, he quotes scriptures. And he'll he'll talk through people. And even good people can get confused about stuff. And he tries to use their influence uh, against you. To confuse you and, and mislead you. But you have the greater one inside you. And you have the perfect will of God on paper. Come on in here with me. His word is his will. Come on, say it out loud. His word is his will. And that is your standard above every 
any vision or dream or prophecy or voice, everything is measured against the unchanging standard of the written word of God. And if it did come from the Holy Spirit, it's going to sound just like this book because he's the author of the book. The author of the book lives inside you 24-7. And he leads you. He's never going to contradict anything else he's ever said. How many know God's not going to forget what he said? And go, oh yeah. We can't do that because I already said this. No. He's never forgotten. He never will. His word is perfect. Uh, look with me. Man, this is, this is bigger than uh, I had planned. I think I got my watch correct today. So <laughs> don't, don't get concerned. <laughs> Go to... Uh, 2 Timothy, the second chapter. Yes, thank you, Lord. Good things are happening. Good things are happening. Do you, do you know, the, if you get this in your spirit like the Lord wants you to get it, I'm talking about not just today, but through this whole series and all these things, you will become increasingly hard to trick. Does that sound good to you? you? You will cease being gullible and easily misled and deceived and, and conformed to this world because the masses of the world, they are going down the broad path to destruction and don't even know it. And uh, that's not God's will for you and I, not his will for them. But uh, thank God we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. And by the Lord's word and by his spirit, said out loud, I can, I can discern, discern what, is that what is that good and acceptable and, acceptable. and perfect will of God. Now, let, let's take the opposite of those things. What's the opposite of good? Bad. There are things that are bad and they are not the will of God. And you and I need to be clear on them, don't we? We don't need to be debating on whether we should do it or not. We need to know, no, that is not the will of God. That's, that's a bad thing. And what was the next one? Acceptable. Then that means what? There are things that are unacceptable. That's a line we should not cross. That's something we should not participate in. We shouldn't be a part. Uh, said out loud, unacceptable. unacceptable. That should be a word that we, we realize. What, what do you mean? You, you don't even have to think about it. There's no debate. There's no discussion. Why? Because the Word of God says this. And then the Spirit of God said this to me, backing that up. And so, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to be, we're not going to support it. We're not going to be a part of it. Yeah, but maybe you could just, no. (laughs) No, it's unacceptable. And then the next one is perfect. And that word means complete. So there is the partial will of God, and then there is the complete thing. And so there's some things that are just flat out not good. They're just bad. That's not the will of God. There's some things that are unacceptable. And then there's even the issue of getting into the will of God, but you need to go further. Come on, can you see that? You need to go all the way. And so 
Can you see why the Lord tells us, don't be foolish, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And in Colossians, he talked about, who is it, Epaphras, that was praying for the church there, that they might stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. This is a learning process. This is a growing and developing thing. Um, Infants do not know nor understand the will of their parents. Do they? Infants, I'm talking about. Babies. They, they don't know the will of their parents at all. They have zero understanding of mama's will and daddy's will. They, they sense and know their presence. And they're comforted by their touch and their voice and their care. But they have no concept. Of mama and daddy's will. Right? And the Bible tells us. As newborn babes. Desire the sincere milk of the word. That you may grow thereby. When you're born again. You're born a baby. A spiritual infant. And you are not born. Knowing all the will of God. And understanding the will of God. You know you're saved. You're happy about it. You got the love of God shed abroad in your heart. You sense his presence. You love his hug. Huh? You like taking a nap in his arms. You like that he shows up when it's lunchtime. Huh? Or when you're uncomfortable and your diaper needs to be changed. He... But you don't, you don't know. It. You have to grow for years. Is that right? For years. And begin to know your, your mother, your father as a person. And begin to find out what they like, what they don't like, what's their values, what their priorities are. Right? And then find out what their plan is. What their will is. What their wishes are. Their choices. And so you, there's all kind of churches, church-going people, Christians, but they don't know the will of God. They don't know anything about the Bible. They, they're fed social reform and politics and excerpts from magazines and TV shows, and, and they don't know Him. You can tell... When they question that some things could be the will of God, people that know him go, you don't know him. Because there's no way that's the will of God. I know Phyllis and I, in a few uh, weeks, will have been married 45 years. And uh, we dated for years before that. So we've, we've, we've been together for 50 years, practically. And uh, um, so we know something about each other. And there's been numerous times that somebody would mishear something they thought I said or wanted. And she would say, no, now let me ask him because there's no way he would want that. Huh? And, of course, she'd say, did you ask to do this? And I said, no. And she'd go, that's what I thought. (laughs) Why? How could she know that that couldn't be my will? 
she knows something about me. Well, the same thing is getting to know God. And I've done the same thing with her. Getting to know him, you immediately realize that the, these awful, cruel things, the, these destruction and death and plague and people starving, there is no way. That pleases my good father. If you think it is his will, you don't know him. I didn't say you wasn't saved. Because babies are saved. You calling me a baby? Are you? (laughs) When did you grow up? It's not automatic. Just because you've been saved for 50 years. You can still be spiritually a two-year-old. It's not automatic. As newborn babes do what? Desire. Desire the sincere milk of the... What does that mean? you got to be fed. And not just people's goofy ideas. you got to be fed, anointed. Word of the Lord. Hallelujah. And what does that do? It nourishes you up in faith and it illumines and enlightens your understanding and if you listen and receive it it begins to help you to go uh uh-uh, uh that's not the will of God that's just the will of people that's just my own thing that's the will of the devil huh come on can you see that and this is something that we are to be growing in developing in every day Every week, every month. Can you say amen? Amen. In 2 Timothy 2. I can see now we're not going to get to all three categories, are we? (laughs) We just now got to this one. But can you come back? Can Can you come back? Just understanding what we've been talking about today is life-changing. In 2 Timothy 2 and 25, he said, In meekness, instruct those that oppose themselves. You ever heard somebody say they're their own worst enemy? There's something to that. Instruct those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Tell me what will make you free. What will The truth will make you free, but only if you acknowledge the truth and are willing to act on the truth. Just the truth existing will not make you free. And notice repentance. People see repentance... As a negative, you know, or you are you saying, I need to repent. Uh, child, repentance is one of the greatest gifts you'll ever be given. That's right. It's an opportunity That's right. to get things right that you can't make right yourself. That's right. That men and women can't make right. Even no matter how terribly you've missed it and how long you missed it for. If you're willing to repent. God will forgive you. He will cleanse you completely. Oh, you didn't hear that. The blood of Jesus does not cover sin. 
That was the blood of animals. Under the old covenant, the blood of lambs and bulls and goats covered sin. That's why they had to make the offerings again next year. To just keep covering, keep covering. The blood of the spotless Lamb of God does not cover. It washes. It cleanses. It purges. So that the sin is not there. And it even rids you of the consciousness of sin. The guilt of sin. The shame of sin. There is no amount of therapy that can do that. There is no, there's no drug that can do that. Nothing. Nothing can cleanse your conscience of sin and failure except the precious blood. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the blood. The blood, the precious blood of the Lamb washes you clean. If, there's an if, if you'll repent. If you won't repent, then you're not receiving what's available. And you, you, you'll continue in the grips of it. And in the condemnation of it, you won't be able to get free. You, you have to admit it when you missed it. If you pretend you didn't miss it, then you're never receiving forgiveness and cleansing for something you never admitted you did. Come on, can you see that? So you stay in the condemnation and shame and guilt. That's why you need to repent. People say, well, Jesus already paid the price for all my sins, so why do I need to repent? Because you need to receive it. If just him doing it cleansed and saved everybody apart from their receiving it, then everybody will be saved, whether they blaspheme God or not. But that's not true. And the Bible says there are many that will be lost. Why? Because even though the Lord loved them, gave Jesus for them, gave the blood, he won't make you receive it. And if you say, I don't need it, I don't even believe in God, then you will die in your sins. That's a quote from Jesus. If you don't believe he's the one that cleanses you, you will die in your sins. I'm not going to die in my sins. I said, I'm not going to. How about you? I'm not going to. I'm not going to die in my sins. I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. I didn't earn it. I didn't deserve it. I didn't accomplish it. It's not my righteousness. It's His. But He gave it to me and washed me by His blood, making me. Did you hear that or not? I didn't achieve it. I didn't develop to that. He made me clean. Made me. Holy, made me righteous, made me a child of God. Already put my name in the Lamb's book of life. I'm already a citizen of heaven. Already am. I, I don't have to bombard the gates. 
I got a place inside. This is my place. I live there. You too. I said, you too. Man, you could preach up in here today. The truth. What will the truth, what will the truth do for you? He said, the people that oppose themselves, don't make fun of them. Don't mock them. Don't curse them. They need help. And time's running out. And, and if you can, you, you can always do this, but um, ask God to give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Now, now, friends, this is a powerful prayer for your loved ones, your friends, your co-workers that act totally blind and are just off the rails. Say, Father... Oh, you want to pray right now? (laughs) 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 I was giving you an example, but I should have made myself more clear. Uh, a, a while back, well, it's been a couple of years now. We, uh, when we first got the plane, we we did a, a Pacific loop, and we went to Samoa, uh, which is a long way from the house. And um, the king of Samoa, the the they have a king. Uh, he came to the meetings, morning sessions, with a notepad. Sit there and took notes. We were so honored, and and uh, he said they're believers, obviously, and he wanted to have lunch. I said certainly. You know, it's his island. <laughs> we're just sitting on it. Uh, so we did, and he's telling me that there were some issues with his cabinet, and you know that they weren't supporting him on some things, and this and that. Sounded a whole lot like back home here, and. Uh, I said, yes, sir. I said, I'll, I'll pray for you on that. He laid his fork down, and he just sat there and looked at me. I, said, <laughs> I looked at him, and he said, now, please. <laughs> just as like you did. I said, oh, yes, sir. So I, I mean, I'm going to pray for you later. He's like, pray right now, just like you. Have you got somebody in mind that you want to pray this over? Okay, then. Say out loud, oh, Father God. I pray for them. So you got a name. you got a person in mind. And, and I'm asking you to give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. That they may recover themselves out of the snare and trap of the devil. Darkness, Darkness. come off of their minds. minds. I ask you, Lord, send labors across their path. You know who they'll listen to. And open their ears to hear it. I ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.
Now, now, now don't just pray a prayer. Now you're in faith. Is that right? Are you expecting? Expecting. Now, you don't, they don't have to tell you they saw it to see it. And especially if you're relative and kin folks, a lot of times you're the last person they want to tell that you were right. It's not about you being right. It's about them getting to God. And so um, this passage, read the rest of it. If, you know, if God peradventure would give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, that they may recover themselves. Uh, This is without any outside help. They get themselves loose and free when they repent and act on the truth. Recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. The devil's will. Some, a few modern translations mistranslate this. Look up the original text and you'll see. This is the devil's trap and it's the devil's will that they've been doing while they've been in this trap. Notice in the New International, New International Version says that they will come to their senses. Uh, This language is just like somebody that was drunk out of their mind and then when they wake up and and sober up. And people in in the grips of sin and deception and confusion, they are not at their self. They're not, many times, they're not in their right mind at all. They're being influenced by these wrong things. You mix uh, drugs and alcohol and all that stuff with that. See, the enemy's will is for you to basically vacate the driver's seat. Many times, that's why he pushes addiction so much. Because if he can get people to the point where they don't even know what they're doing, he can accomplish his will through them. And that's when you see terrible things happen. And people a lot of times are sad because they'll, they'll, they might say, I don't even remember doing that. Yeah, but you did. You let the devil use you. And so that they may escape from the trap of the devil who's taken them captive to do his will. You and I have been bought with a price. We don't belong to the devil. The Bible even said, you know, since you're bought with a price, don't be the servants of men. Nobody owns me but the Lord. I only have one Lord. Come on, are y'all with me? I don't worship anybody else. And I want to be of service. I want to uh, be a servant, but not uh, that somebody else owns me and controls me. Only one has that place in my life. And uh, his will, you, you see that when the enemy was tempting Jesus in the wilderness. And he showed him all the kingdoms uh, of the world in a moment of time and, and offered them to him. And, and he said, if you'll fall down and worship me. And, and Jesus said, get behind me. 
And one thing he said about that, he said, he said, you savor the things that are of men and not the things that are of God. See, this, this is completely ignoring and not caring what the will of God is. And he said, no, you worship the Lord your God and him only do you worship. He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me and to finish the work. Make up your mind. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It belongs to the Lord. I will not let the devil use it to do his will. Come on, are you, are you with me on that? Yes. Say it out loud, I will not. I refuse to allow the devil to use my mouth or my hands or my feet or my mind or my body to do his will, to do his things. I've been bought with a price. I don't just belong to myself. I belong to the Lord to do his will. Can you say amen? amen? On your feet, please, everybody. Praise be to God.